are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. What's so funny, Porkman? I can't <laughs> smile. What? <laughs> He's working down there. We got Antonio. How you doing, Pork? I'm good, bro. I'm just got clapped at work today. Another another rough water day, but glad to talk some RBs with my guys tonight. Yeah, they don't uh, they don't think that Porkman needs air conditioning in his truck. <sighs> apparently, uh, you know. You know, Nate obviously doesn't have any air conditioning either because he flexed his shirt sleeves off. So we got a, a tank top <laughs> joining us. How are you doing, Nate? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've been hot all day. I did a uh, CPR first aid training course today outside. So uh, if you guys need help, just drive down here and I'll help you out. Yeah. That sounds very convenient. <laughs> so, uh, we got some running back rankings that we're going to talk about today, courtesy of Bob Van Duzer, our SEO guy. He said it would be a good episode for us to do. So here we are. We What we're going to do is we're not going to discuss our individual rankings. We're just going to kind of pull our collective thought and make consensus Dynasty Rewind rankings right here on the show. So why is this important for us to do on the show? Two reasons. One, I didn't feel like making a list ahead of time. But most <laughs> importantly, it shows how we work together you know, as a crew and also our individual thought processes that go into how we rank a player individually, which I think is important. You know, it lets us, uh, lets you have a view inside our head. I mean, maybe these guys had you on a view inside of not mine. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and start a little ticker at the bottom of the screen so you could follow along and I have to remember how to do that. So I think it's in banners, show banners. You might want to know how to do this stuff, Mike, before the show starts. Jeez. I haven't You're done that. <laughs> no, no, that's all good. Okay. But yeah, RBs, you know, RBs are very, very, very important. This is a banner. <laughs> <laughs> RBs are very important for fantasy, obviously. Uh, we always look for guys who get all the production. But, you know, there are very few guys that get the whole backfield. So we kind of go from there and <clears> – <throat> Let's get this thing started, Mike. Yeah. So I'm just going to go ahead and go out on a limb here and put running back one, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I think we could probably all agree on that, right? Yep. He's still my running back one. You know, I do constantly look at it, and there's like two, maybe three guys that I kind of think between. But uh, it's it's really hard to not rank CMC running back one. Just like it's really hard – to you know not put Patrick Mahomes quarterback once not it's really hard to not put Kelsey tight end one um wide receiver there's a bit more leeway but those three position groups really have you know that guy who not only has some future production but has shown it at such a high level already so my question to you guys is this 
had Saquon Barkley stayed healthy last year and Christian McCaffrey had the year he had, do you think we can make that conversation of Saquon Barkley being the running back one? He was yeah. for a period of time, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. If, if he had been healthy, I think a big question mark with Barkley is, you know, how he returns. If the Giants try to, you know, force him to get in a whole bunch of touches week one, or if they ease him in, sounds like they're going to ease him in. Um, but we definitely need to see him be healthy. He's got a lot of years left in him, though. Don't like – I'm not worried about Barkley for the next five years, really. So what Nate is trying to tell you is that um, if you have Saquon Barkley and you pick him up in your best ball draft, you want to grab Devontae Booker later and use the promo code Rewind on Underdog because Devontae Booker could be getting some goal line touches, some receiving work early in the season, could help you win some games. Hey man, a win's a win, Pork. Don't make that. Beautiful. No, 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 no. It's just it's just the name. I don't I don't like him at all. I know. <laughs> also, Underdog right now is crazy for so best much. ball drafts. So um, for some reason. Everyone decided that wide receivers, you have to have the top wide receivers in best ball, which, I mean, they're nice, but running backs are dropping down the board like crazy. It is so easy to stock up on three or four really, really talented running backs in the first four or five rounds and then just hit wide receiver the rest of the way, which in my mind is an easy win in best ball. This year, this year is definitely the way to go for that because wide receivers are super duper deep. Yep. And you got to get one. You got to get some of those top running backs because you need that floor. You need that safety of a good running back that has the upside. Because once you get past like the first 15, 20 guys, it is a crapshoot, mm-hmm. especially in best ball where there's no waivers or trading. All right, so let's go to running back two. Um, I think this is where we might have a little bit of you know a little bit of a discussion here. I'm going to stick with Saquon Barkley. For the reasons I mentioned before, I do believe still in the talent. A little bit of a homer pick. Um, but Pork, what about you? You going in a different uh, direction? You're going to agree <clears throat> with the host? Slightly. I have uh, Dal- <laughs> I always disagree with the host. Uh, Dalvin Cook for me. Um, he's To me, I think he still has the whole backfield as well. Um, he catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, he has some slight injuries uh, last year. But last year, he looked really, really good in the year before. Um, two years ago. <laughs> two years ago was a little bit of an issue, but um, last year you can, it shows that he can have the whole backfield and and take it all. So he's he's my RB two this year for sure. Nate, how about you? So I'm gonna go different than both of you guys. I got Jonathan Taylor as my running back too. I was all over Jonathan Taylor last year coming out of college. We got to see what it looks like when he has a large workload at the end of the year. He's dominant on the ground, through the air. He's can get the goal line work. He is – I mean, I could see him being the RB1 next year. Um, I think he's got that kind of level to him. So he's actually the guy that I thought about putting him at number one. But with a couple of question marks with Naeem Hines there and how much work he's going to get in the passing game, I got to stick with CMC uh, right now. But Jonathan Taylor, man, I think he's like the next Zeke. I think he's a guy you can have – and very easily ride him through a second contract and have a top running back for, for a long time. Okay. Uh, we did change the background to a picture of Sean, by the way, because, <laughs> but here he is, he's watching. Um, okay. So we do have to come up with a consensus pick and we're all three different. So, um, all right, let's talk this one out. That's a tough one. Well, maybe if we, f- we talk about who RB three is. Okay. We then, We'll see if uh, we have some overlap there, and we can see who is the the averages out. Okay, my running back three would have been Jonathan Taylor. 
Okay. And mine is Saquon. And mine is Saquon. So that sounds like that means Saquon is number two and Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor's number three. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. That works. I'm going to edit this banner now. All right, so that number four. So what is so what was your number four, Nate? My number four is Dalvin Cook. Oh, okay. We just got this nice little like love triangle triangle going on. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, works for me. You, you know, you can't go wrong with like the top tier guys. So one through five, I'll take any of them. It's just like splitting hairs at this point. All right. You got running back four, Porkman. Uh I have Zeke. Oh, okay. So Porkman's a bit lower in Jonathan Taylor than the rest of us. Slightly. All right. Who do you have, Mike? Mike. Who you got, Mike? Where was uh RP four? I didn't write anything down is the problem. So I, I had uh, I had CMC, Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, and then I would have went Dalvin Cook at four. I should probably just write something down. There we go. Yeah, Mike, how are you going to tell us? You know, this is these are the show notes. This is what you need to do, and you didn't do any of the work. Jeez, do as I say. It's a shame. No, no, it's fine. So me, per- I have five. I have JT at five. So I'm all in. All in the cahoots for that that top You're a little five. Low so. in JT there, don't don't you think? Compared to a lot a of little other bit, I think I think it's more of I think they're going to use like a little bit of a committee there too. I still believe in JT. He has definitely has the talent, but they still do have Hines there, and they also do have Marlon Mack, who they did resign. So he's going to get some carries. Hines is going to get his catches still, and uh, I'm not really sure how um, Carson is going to be there too so you know it is what it is i think he'll have a good season do you think cam Akers makes it into this top 10 list no not my top 10 not mine he he didn't he didn't touch my top 10 at all he's not even in my top 15 because there's a lot of people drafting him really high right now really and i'm not really understanding why because what, what we saw last year um they had what four, three, four different guys running the ball. So yeah. I'm not really sure where McVeigh's head is because they they wanted to force feed Malcolm Brown to us, and he had what the two touchdowns week one, and everybody was like saying bye Malcolm Brown, and <laughs> while we're selling them, so um, you know they did he did have what a couple games with like 28 carries or 38 30 carries, and he did well with them, but again that was the end of the year. Um, they yep. knew he wasn't going to do much of anything from there. They just need to see what they had. So um, I don't think that that production is going to be consistent for this year um, like they had at the end of the year last year. And just to clarify, these are dynasty rankings, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just, so that, just so that our listeners are aware, these are dynasty rankings. All right. So uh, we all were through number four now, right? I made mm. a list here quick. It's kind of off the top of my head. So would you like me to start for number five? Sure. sure. I went with Alvin Kamara at number five. All right. I also went with Alvin Kamara at number five. Yeah, and we've I already had, heard Porks. So. I had JT at five, yeah. Okay. Let me edit this. And your number six, Nate, was who? My number six is Zeke. So once again, we're kind of all – we still got all that, all that, that top tier – of veterans plus Jonathan Taylor. Who's your mm-hmm. six? My six is Derrick Henry. My mm. six is Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So that you works. Know, I'm, I'm still excited about Ivan Kamara. I don't think he'll get as uh, many touches, um, like dump offs, as he did with Drew Brees. Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, neither one of those guys, I don't think, throw nearly as much, you know, to the running back. But mm-hmm. Kamara, you know, he doesn't need a ton of targets to be efficient and to make things happen. We saw some of those plays last year where he took a dump off and he would take it 40, 50 yards down the field for a touchdown. Uh, you know, he's got that level to his game. So even if the target share goes down a little bit, I'm not too worried about it. He's always going to be a top running back as long as he's healthy. He started to get some more goal line work last year, which I was really impressed with. You know, he had that six touchdown game. Um, he's, he's a guy that really showed off last year that he's more than just a pass catcher and is a true top running back. And I think this year they're going to lean on the running game a bit more than they have in the past because they either want to not throw interceptions with Jameis Winston or they're going to have to do that with Taysom Hill. Whichever way they go, they need to rely on the running game more. I think Kamara is really going to ball out this year and probably have a ton of touchdowns. His target show goes down a little bit, but more rushing yards. I think he's going to be a stud, and uh, I'm not scared about him. He's got the big contract for the second year too. Um, At this point, you take the value and you just ride him out for the rest rest of his career probably. Draft Latavius Murray, if that is the case. So listen, I'm not saying go. I mean, if you can get him as a throw-in and a trade and a dynasty league, then do it. He's startable. Mm-hmm. He's shown that he's been startable every year. I get him in redraft for like the last two or three years. The Saints, to me, and I'm not a Saints fan. I'm actually a Saints hater. Sorry for whatever reason, they don't match as well against the Eagles. They drive me insane. Um, yeah. But Latavius Murray has been productive, and. I think he's great in best ball because there's going to be a game where he gets like two goal line touchdowns. I think he's going to be good in redraft. He's going to be a really good flex play. And, you know, when you have the, we always have those bye weeks. There's like a lot of teams on by, he's going to be better than whatever you find on the waiver wire that week. He's also going to be really, really relevant. If Alvin Kamara gets hurt, which unfortunately is always a possibility. So I do agree, Nate, that, I think the Saints are going to run the ball more. I don't think it's enough for me to put him over Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook. By the way, I still think that Marlon Mack either gets released or moved before the season starts. I've been saying Atlanta. I don't know why. I just feel it. So when that happens, I mean, there's a possibility, a possibility that if Christian McCaffrey doesn't have another season like we saw two years ago, Saquon Barkley doesn't return the form. At this time next year, we could be sitting here saying Jonathan Taylor or Najee Harris, depending, is the running back one dynasty. It's a very good possibility. And I know there's a lot of people think that if you had Jonathan Taylor ranked one over like Clyde Edwards Alaire, you were stupid. But I mean, it's obviously, you know, you thought these for a reason. So I, I believe in the talent. But let's move on. We are moving on to what, seven? Well, let's talk about Zeke a little bit. You want to talk about Zeke a little bit? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I think people are sleeping on Zeke. Um, I agree. He's, he's only 25, which is, right. you know, it's kind crazy. of that, that peak age for running backs. He feels but like, like, I mean, he's probably got at least three more top-level years. I could see Zeke being a, the kind of player, um, kind of similar to Adrian Peterson, where he kind of plays into his early 30s. You know, he's not the bell cow anymore at that point, but he's still going to be relevant at times. I don't think Zeke is the kind of guy that's just going to fizzle out at the, like, you know, a year or two from now and fall off the cliff like Todd Gurley. I don't think that's going to happen unless there's some really bad injury that happens to him. He's going to be a stud for a while. Uh, he's, what a fall from grace. Uh, that's crazy. 
It is. But Zeke's too good of an athlete and he's too good of a runner. So you know, one, one thing I want to ask you guys real quick. Sorry, I'm how can we prevent overdrafting the next David Johnson? You can't. I mean, you can't. It's just it was that was unfortunate. It wasn't David Johnson's yeah. fault. He only had what one good year, right? I think he had like two, but then yeah, he two. had the bad injury and just was never the same. It was the yeah, risk. The he risk got in the some, back or something like that. He got some decent volume last year and ended up, you know, actually more efficient than I figured he would be. And uh, you know, he actually might be a decent play too late this year, but um not a guy I want to rely on at all. No. Um but I, I just him? I just want to say that I think the Tony Pollard hype is a little too much right now. It is, for sure. I, I like Tony Pollard, too. I think he's a great handcuff. If he gets the opportunity to start a game because Zeke's hurt, I love playing Tony Pollard. I think he has great you know, top running back upside every, every week that he's starting. But Tony Pollard is not a talented enough running back to take touches away from Zeke consistently. Zeke's going to get his. They paid him the money. He's too good, went healthy, to not feed. And I just don't get the hate because he's done nothing but produce whenever he's been on the field. And, yeah, it was hard for him last year when Dak went down because there was no defense and no passing game. What was Zeke supposed to do? He no did line. his best. And he still came out to be a top running back for the year. Yeah, no line either. Yeah. Their offensive line and then on top of that, he had COVID too. So – after you can tell after he got that he just wasn't the same like he tried to get out there but you know he seemed weak he fumbled a lot and he just wasn't himself and like you said when Dak wasn't there it just it just went to the pooper because they just had to throw the ball the whole game because that defense was cheese yep (laughs) you guys want to move on to number seven now sure yeah Phil let's start with you I have I had Kamara at seven okay so Porkman still has Derrick Henry as his highest ranked, unranked consensus player. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Porkman, I said before the show, I have some. I know you have someone in your top ten that I don't have in my top ten, and that is Derrick Henry. Okay. I don't have Derrick Henry in my top ten. I know he's talented. I know he's going to put up big numbers. The passing game, um, lack of passing game upside for me. Um, if we're playing standard league. Derrick Henry is a top 10 dynasty asset for me. But um, I'm, I'm assuming we're probably playing PPR. In dynasty, he's not going to be one of my first 10 running backs off the board. Now, if I'm going out there and trying to win a championship, I am I have no problem swapping a young guy for Derrick Henry, knowing that he's going to give me top running back production this year and probably next year too. But after that, I'm starting to get a little worried about him. Um, but after these big guys – my number seven running back is Maddie's going to love this DeAndre Swift. <laughs> okay, all right. So we got the highest unranked consensus players, as you said, it was uh, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. You have DeAndre Swift. I have uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire at number seven. Surprise! I'm surprised you have him that high, Mike. I do like Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You know, I, I've been trying to get a hold of him wherever I could this off season. Yeah, hard well, to get. I don't blame it because he's my running back eight right after DeAndre Swift. Okay. Yeah, and I have CEH at eight as well. Looks like we're going CEH next. All right. Allow me to edit this then. Yeah, you, yeah, but, does anyone want to touch <clears throat> Clyde Edwards well, 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 I want to I want to give back to the the Henry talk that um, Nate was talking about as well. So for me, I understand you know he is a little bit older, 
Um, he does doesn't <clears throat> has a lot of tread on it. I don't have much tread on the tires. But for me, when they got Julio Jones and they have a, a healthy AJ Brown coming back this year, they can't stack the box like they were like last year. And obviously, they're still going to run the ball with their dog. And I think that's going to help them out a whole lot, especially with that Julio pickup. Um, touchdowns, he's going to get his. He's going to probably get close to 2,000 yards again because they just love giving the guy a rock. So that's why I have him that high. I know he doesn't catch the ball. That's totally understandable. But the guy was like RB6 with no catches. So if they were somehow to integrate um, him into the passing game somehow, because they showed they showed a couple clips of him catching the ball out the backfield this offseason, he might he could be close to being the RB1. But I need yep. to see that first. That's why I don't have him as high in that top five. That's why I'll put him in the six. Yep. He's actually my running back 11, so he's just off the top 10 for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, so well then, I think this will kind of play right into each other. My next running back is DeAndre Swift. You, I had no, him at eight. I, Nate, you had him at seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. Poor yeah, player. and I don't have Swift in my top ten. All right, look at that. Yeah. How is that a thing that happens? How do you not have <laughs> DeAndre Swift in your top ten after we've been hanging out with Matty Big Chest this whole time? Ooh, that's too much exposure. You know, I just want to. <laughs> He's freaking selling everything for DeAndre Swift. The purpose of this exercise that would put DeAndre Swift at number eight, correct? Uh, Possibly. Okay. We we can continue talking this out as well. Um, Who did we have next? Who did you have next, Nate? Uh, After uh, Clyde Edwards, I have Antonio Gibson. I have Antonio Gibson at 10. My next up, Andrew Swift. See, I, I go the second half of my top ten is very young. Okay. Mm. So I mean, I got DeAndre Swift, and then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and then Antonio Gibson, and then Najee Harris. That's that's finishing out my top ten. Mm-hmm. And I have Harris at ten. Yep. You do not have Harris currently ranked in my top ten. Now it was a struggle for me to put Harris at ten. Just because of their offensive line is just so bad, uh, I think they lost the Castro to injury, yeah, and they wound up getting a I forgot what that guy's name, but I heard he was kind of bum sauce last year. So, um, and they have a whole bunch of rookies um, on the, uh, that they drafted in the draft. So, <clears throat> I think I just believe in the volume that he's going to get, and he's just freaking good. Saw what he did last year with Alabama. Um, you know, they have a, a a great offensive line, but there were some plays where he was in the backfield and he did some spin move and then he just literally jumps over somebody in stride and keeps going, runs for a touchdown. So I kind of I kind of see uh, Mike Tomlin, I think, has a plan for him. And that's why I had to move, put him in that 10. And I have to stay I have to stay on brand with the non Antonio Gibson in my top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It sounds like he's going to get in there, though. I, I I think so, Mike. Let me ask you this question: Where would you have Derrick Henry ranked? I would probably put him at. Uh, I'd probably I got to write this out because it's better for me if I could do this. You know, I do. Pork, I agree with what you're saying about. You know, they can't stack the box against him, um, but they are 
you know, showing him catching pass out of the backfield. There are times where if he's schemed correctly, remember the the opening day game against the Browns? I think he took a screen yard a screen pass like ninety some yards for a touchdown. Yeah. Was, he can geez. do it. It's just not yeah. really how that offense runs. But for me, um eleven, I would probably go Aaron Jones. Then twelve, I would go Najee. And then I would probably put Derrick Henry at like 13. So I'm thinking quick math right here. I think how this is going to end up being is with the averages, our RB8 is going to be Swift, our RB9 is mm-hmm. going to be Harris, and our RB10 is going to be Henry. I right. think we're in some order like that, but I think that's going to be the order, and that will round out our top 10. I think we could all agree that we would probably prefer Najee Harris over Derrick Henry in Dynasty, right? Not pork, man. No, not not for me. But if you two guys those got him ahead of him, then I'm fine with that. Henry still gets into the top ten. Yeah, that's, still that's, he still that's, gets that's the top for 10. Pork man. Yeah. <laughs> so, pork. Do you want to go back and talk about Clyde? We didn't get to talk about Clyde yet. Yeah. So, uh, you kind of have to go with um, that Chiefs offense. Uh, <clears throat> His backup, I believe, is Jarek McKinnon. He's going to get hurt. So that's that's a foregone conclusion. I believe Daryl Williams is still there, too. Um, so I think for me, I have him this high just because of the post-hype the post hype, whatever. You know, last year, I, I heard on the radio today, he was going at the 106 last year in redraft. And then the value of him just fell down to, like, the third round this year. I think this would be the perfect time to get him. Um, in that in that case, um, he's you know he can still catch the ball, and he did show some flashes last year. I just think the game was moving a little bit too fast for him. So um, once he can figure out the third down uh, blocking, because you know he had some issues with that last year, um, I think Andy will have a little bit more trust in him to give him the rock a little bit more in those situations. Yeah, yeah. There's so much upside in that offense, and. I think that's part of what you're buying there is that upside. But when Clyde got the volume last year, he balled out. And he didn't even get that much passing game volume, and I think he'll get that the second year um, as he's grown in his pass protection for Mahomes. And I think a lot of rookie running backs we never see fully develop in the rookie year, and then they always come out sophomore year and, you know, really show up and show out. So I think Clyde's going to have a huge year this year. I think he's going to become obviously not the focus of that Chiefs offense. It's always going to be Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey first. But Clyde is going to get his as that third target um, mm-hmm. ahead of Hardman or Robinson or any of those other guys. It's going to be Clyde there ready for the, picking up all those dump-offs. And also I am think he's going to be used all over the field. Mm-hmm. And I think like the – you know, you're talking about Kamara and CEH. I think, I think there is like a – like a false narrative saying that they pass the ball a lot, but they actually run the ball a ton. You just don't realize it because they just have bomb quarterbacks. Um, Because, you know, when it came down to the playoff games, all they did was run the ball. So I think they're going to try to lean on CEH a little bit more just to protect Patrick as well as uh, Kamara. They kind of have to trust him because, you know, you got Jameis and hopefully – Think uh, hopefully it's not Taysom because oh. if it's Taysom, <laughs> if it's Taysom, I'm, I would probably have to take Kamara out of my top ten only because of red zone 
and all that stuff because that's I still kind of consider that as an issue. That's why I have them as my number seven because you know the great white hope likes to run the ball in a so, lot. Pork makes a good point too. These rankings are right now. This is based off what we know now. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to adjust how you feel about things based on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't get take lock. Feel free to move things around as you need to. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Also, you know, this is kind of if I'm doing a startup draft, you know, these rankings. If I'm going for the championship, you know what? I'll probably move DeAndre Swift for Derrick Henry to go for the championship this year, especially yeah. if it's like a half PPR league. But if I'm in a if I'm in a total rebuild, I am moving oh, no. CMC for Jonathan Taylor. I am moving Derrick Henry for Antonio Gibson. You know, I'm trying to, you know, there's no reason to hold on to those assets that are going to depreciate. You know, yeah, depreciate. So this is my rankings, you know, for startup. If I just had to pick one versus the other, not knowing a full team makeup yet. But the most important thing in Dynasty is knowing where your team is. Because if you can, you can take advantage of rankings and you can use, you know, the fact that you're contending to trade for a team that's rebuilding, get some veterans cheap. Or if you're rebuilding, you can trade away your veterans to a contender for a premium. You have to know how to play the market within your league. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to someone and you say, you know, well, I saw this other league, this guy's worth this much. That's great. But if no one in your league is willing to pay that, then he's not worth that much in your league at this moment. You can hold out for better value, obviously, but you have to know your league. So sometimes there's guys that just aren't going to go in your league. You know, say you don't have a single Rojo fan in your league. Good luck selling Ronald Jones. No one's going to buy him. Right. But if there's one guy in your league who's a huge Rojo fan, great. You get to sell him for a premium. You know, you got to know your league. You got to know who's going for the championship, who's rebuilding, who might have a – bad team but thinks they can go for the win you know grab one of their first round picks because it's going to become at a a value you know check out your league look at your league mates know your league mates it's really important to trading yeah especially league mates that are homers too so if it's like a guy that's like that that's in indianapolis that they love carson winch and you know you can get a haul for him freaking do it why not see what happens Me, me and nate like to trade back and forth with a particular person so we we know we know how that goes. We just got really good value for something because he wants the guy wants to rebuild. So <clears throat> take our picks and we we most likely will be uh in the finals this year. Hopefully, Porkman versus Nate. That's gonna be the dynasty one. Yep. Let me ask you guys here. I'm just gonna I want to throw some names out that didn't make our top ten list. And I want you guys to tell me if you think that you could see them creeping into the top 10. And again, this is based on what we know right now. It's July 13th, 9.39 p.m. So we're not in training camp yet. Soon, no preseason. It's not final rosters. Based on what we know now. So if you go back and listen, don't tweet at us saying we're stupid, okay? Or I don't care. Cam Akers. No. I, I no, I'm not. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, just say no on that one because I, I just can't, I can't predict the volume. I think that a lot of people got hype over the volume last year. It's kind of like what they did with Higby, that uh, two years ago he got all the volume and he, he balled out and then he went to Dookie. Cook, um, Cam, Cam. I just, I don't know his volume, so I'm gonna say no. Also, I wasn't a huge fan of Cam coming out, even if he gets the volume. I just don't think there's enough upside in the passing game or just efficiency wise, like I don't think he's going to average like five yards a carry or something like that. 
you know, yeah. something incredible. And I don't think he's, you know, a huge goal line back. He's not going to have the Todd Gurley numbers in the red zone. So even if he gets, you know, better volume, I just think there's too many guys ahead of him that are top 10 worthy. I do recall me saying when he was coming declaring for the draft that he was okay, but I didn't really see anything spectacular. Nothing really flashed. I just thought he was a solid running back. And I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a solid running back. I don't see anything special. I actually think of the two, if you want to talk about special talent, it's probably Daryl Henderson. I think he's more explosive between the tackles and, and through mm-hmm. the air. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, let's see. J.K. Dobbins. Why do you do that to me? Well, because no, I don't I, think there's the volume there. Uh, again, I'm a huge Ravens fan. And I love mm-hmm. Dobbins, but Gus Edwards just signed an extension. You got Lamar Jackson there taking red zone touches and just rushing mm-hmm. yards. I love Dobbins. As a Ravens fan, he's one of my favorite players. He's going to be incredible for the team, but not so incredible for your – fantasy team week in and week out. If he's your running back too, you can feel pretty happy about that. If you have a good enough running back core to put him in your flex, you're super happy about that. But uh, I think over the course of an entire season, he's not going to have the volume to be a top 10 running back. Okay. I'm yeah. going to say, I'm going to say yes, as a possibility. Um, if there's, if there's a couple injuries in our top 10, I think he couldn't sneak in like in the back end. I just think, with Lamar Jackson, I'm not sure if they're going to continue to just keep running him like they like the way they were last year. <clears throat> but with him running, it's still going to open up the rushing lanes, and it made Mark Ingram look good at an old age as well. Other than last year, because he didn't, he had that injury. But um, J.K. was my RB one last year, so I'm I'm gonna stick to the guns. And hey, I think he could possibly sneak in if if there's an injury in this top ten, because I think it's just too much talent in this top ten. All right, then, Pork, let's, let's kick it back to you. How about Antonio Gibson? <sighs> Antonio Gibson is is just a that's, that's a rough one for me, only because it's, it's not like I don't like the player. I understand that he is really good. Um, I just need to see him get the um, get the passing work. Um, they kept taking him out on third down. Now, if they keep him as a third down back and keep McKissick on the bench, then it's a huge possibility. Um, he was also extremely touchdown dependent last year. So I think that's where the majority of his points came from. And the quarterback situation is still in flux as well. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke. So I'm I know Fitzpatrick. I don't I don't count him. He pissed, he messed up. He I know, but Kyle Allen messed up my uh, Curtis Samuel shares two years ago because he can't throw in the ball accurately. But Back to Antoine Gibson. Uh, Gibson to me is just, I'm, I'm gonna say no for that one. Okay. And Nate. so I'm gonna talk about Gibson. I'm also gonna talk about DeAndre Swift. I can absolutely say I think that Antonio Gibson's a top 10 running back because he is currently my running back nine. And I think it's because of the passing work. Now, like Porkman said, for some reason they took him out a third down a ton last year which didn't make any sense because this guy was a wide receiver in college. I understand they have J.D. McKissick, who is just another guy, but somehow not just another guy last year. But if Antonio Gibson gets even half of McKissick's targets on third down, Gibson is going to be like a lock in PPR leagues to be a running back one because of that volume and pass catching backs can get you so many fantasy points. Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, those guys kill it. They're good runners, but the passing upside is huge. You know, 
a single catch for five yards in a PPR league is 1.5 points, right? So that's just one touch, a point and a half. You get one touch on the ground, you know, a good running back average is four and a half, maybe five yards the most, half mm-hmm. a point. Obviously, you get a lot more rushes than you get catches. But if you got a guy out there who can catch five, six, seven, eight passes a game, you got a guy out there that's going to score you a ton more points every week and be a top overall scorer in PPR leagues. That's why I see Antonio Gibson as an RB top 10 uh, running back if he gets that passing game up work. That's why I have DeAndre Swift ranked so highly. I think DeAndre Swift, he's coming from, you know, the, a level that he's dominated out of the passing game. And I wanted to see him come out of college more as a runner because I knew he could catch the ball. And he looked really good last year. He he just kind of, you know, came on as the end of the season when, of course, Maddie's been selling me on him all year um, <laughs> since then. But, you know, Austin, um, what's his, Anthony Lynn is the offense coordinator now over there with Detroit. And he was the guy that, you know, made Austin Eckler into what he is. He's a guy that loves to run the ball. If DeAndre Swift gets the workload that I'm expecting, and I think that's uh, a lot of other people are expecting, I mean, DeAndre Swift has so much upside, not just because of the running game, but because of the passing game, especially mm-hmm. a guy with Jared Goff. You know, he's not a guy that's going to push the ball down the field. He might end up dumping the ball off to DeAndre Swift a ton. If DeAndre Swift ends up with 60, 70 catches this year, it's going to be hard not to have him in your top 10 next year. All right. You know, we'll kick it back to you, Nate. Let's just do uh, – I'm going to throw another couple out here. Uh, we'll just do one-word answers, yes or no. Austin Eckler, Nate? No, not going forward. I think uh, he's kind of already – he's he's going to hit the peak of his career probably this year, and uh, he's, he's just getting a little old. Pork? No. Okay. Aaron Jones? Kind of same thing. No, no. Those two guys—they're not like Zeke, where it's a workhorse running back that's going to have a workhorse load for another two or three years. These guys are guys that, yeah, you know, don't have the full workload, and they've been really efficient. But that efficiency is going to start going down as they get older. So I don't see them as top ten running backs going forward for dynasty, at least. Though I do love both of them for you know a team that's trying to win a championship. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon. No. <laughs> uh, where is he even on my rankings? He's not even in the top 20, man. Uh, I like Joe Mixon. I'm going to say no, but it's close for me. Okay. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> nope. me off. That's John Gruden's fault. That's a no. That is but John it's because Gruden's of John Gruden. Fault. So we say no. Because the guy's freaking good. He is he's good. Really, he's a really good running back. And John Gruden wants to force feed a, a committee for no reason when you have a guy who can catch the freaking ball. And right, I got two more. Miles Sanders. I would say maybe, but probably mm-hmm. not. I'm going to say probably not. Not with the t- I think they're going to really rotate their backs a lot there. Pork. That's a maybe too. It's close. Really, really close okay. for me. And the last one, David Montgomery. Matt Nagy said he's yes. going to get twenty plus carries a game. Yes, I'm a I'm a I'm a stone cold yes. If Justin Fields is playing, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go the same thing with Miles Sanders. I'm gonna say probably not. 
but there's a possibility. I think that both those guys are kind of in the same situation. Um, I think they're both kind of similar talent-wise, or they're mm-hmm. good but not great. And now they have running quarterbacks, which helps with efficiency, but brings overall volume and pos- passing volume down. So I think it's unlikely that either one of them are considered top 10 running backs um, while they're on their current team, their current situation. But um, they have the chance. They have the chance. So Nate makes a good point. He said the the phrase good but not great. And, you know, did mm-hmm. you know that speaking of a thing that's good that's not great, fantasy sports was created to give participants the GM experience of a sports franchise. But as fantasy sports became more mainstream with more accessibility to player information, it became more about who got lucky in the draft and who got to the waiver wire fast enough to pick up a player. Traditional fantasy sports lacks reality and rewards luck. It's not realistic to only focus on player performance and to not consider contracts. Do NFL teams assemble their rosters without contracts? Of course not. What if you could create a game that was more like the real NFL? Allow me to introduce you to DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner incorporates a salary cap and assigns players to real-life NFL contracts. It is no longer all about player performance. Every contract matters. Where am I? Oh, sorry. The 2021 season for Dynasty Owner has just begun. Starting at $29, you can play a fantasy game that lets you face similar decisions that NFL general managers and owners face. Ricky Draft started June 4th, and startups will run between then and September 10th. So sign up to play with friends around the world and start your dynasty today at www.dynastyowner.com. So yes, I uh, we, 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 really, we really want you guys to play that. It's freaking fun as hell. Yeah, just don't play in our division. Because these guys are going to uh, give you. So I think that's about pretty much all I have for today. Does anyone else have anything that they want to add? Yeah, I would like to let you guys know about my dynasty owner team that I drafted a couple weeks ago. Okay. So I did a startup because I was like, man, just won the expert league with my boys, Pork and Chev and Sean. And it's time for me to get my own league and see if it was them or if it was me. So <laughs> I went into my startup draft and I came out pretty happy. Um, I, I was kind of hoping I'd come out with a better team, but I'm okay. I'm okay. So I, I came out with the 101, and I was like, dang, who do you pick with the 101 in Dynasty Owner? Well, my RB2 is Jonathan Taylor, and it's very close to CMC, but Jonathan Taylor in the rookie contract makes him a very easy overall one pick in Dynasty Owner. So I got Jonathan Taylor. Um, let me read to you my starting lineup here. It's, it's a pretty small lineup if you remember for Dynasty Owner. So I got Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Mike Davis, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Noah Fant, LaVisca Chenault, and uh, some rookie kicker for Cincinnati. I oh, like yeah. That. The Mike Davis is good value, though. He's starting. Yeah. He's, I had drafted David Montgomery, and I traded him – for Mike Davis and Noah Fant. Oh, okay. That works. Yeah. And then on my bench, I got Sam Darnold and just I got Justin Fields, but got Sam Darnold on my bench right now, but it's more like Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. And uh, Damian Harris and Gus Edwards are my backup running backs. Feel pretty good about that right now, especially with the Damian Harris hype that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then I got some pretty strong wide receivers on my bench. I got Tyler Boyd. Mike Williams, Ryan Edwards, Michael Pittman, and uh, my boy Jacoby Myers, who I do love. <laughs> and right. then uh, behind Fant, I got Tanyan, who was originally my starting tight end, but now my backup tight end. 
And that's a good that's a good bench for the twenty five percent. Yeah. Because you know when you got to start uh the players on your bench you get twenty five percent of those points on your bench for your total score. So it's important to have a, a really good depth on your team in Dynasty Owner. So not only do you have the traditional lineup, you have the contract and the cap, you also have the bench scoring, which really makes it interesting. You know, you want to have good depth not only to fill in for your starting lineup, but you got to fill in your bench lineup. So um, I really do love this platform. I got to write for him this offseason, and uh, now I got my own team. And, I mean, definitely recommend going out there. If you're looking for another challenge, get a Dynasty Owner team. All right, and make sure that you tell the Dynasty Owner guys that we sent you. Uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate Dynasty Owner. And, again, we'll just touch on underdog, fantasy, best ball. Uh, rewind, promo code. 25 bucks. Just go use the promo code. You get $25. You can't beat it. And, uh, you know, I'm always tweeting out, <clears throat> I do the slow drafts because, you know, it takes a while to get everything filled up. But I don't want to say let's do a slow draft now and then it fills up three hours and then I'm in bed. <laughs> let's do a fast draft. You know what I mean? So, um, but until next time, everybody, Pork, where can we find you? You can find me at FF Porkman on Twitter. All right. And Nate, how about yourself? You can find me at Nate NFL. All right, and if you are so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at RewindCEO. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. A dollar a month gets you the group chat, which is awesome. It is fleek, as they say, pork. And uh, $5 a month gets you everything else. Bonus podcast. We're going to go do one right now. Just a quick one. It's going to be a fun one. Written content, and you also get the group chat as well. Um, and sign up. Get this cool official Rewinder sticker. One of these Jones right here. We haven't had a sign, uh, sign up in a while. We'd love to see you. So come check us out. And until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.